Welcome to episode two of Nerd Society for Freaks and Weirdos. I am your host, Brittany W. Thanks for joining me again. If you're not joining me again, and this is the first one you've listened to, that's really weird because there's only two episodes, so I don't know why you didn't listen to episode one. This episode, you will notice that there is a increase in quality of audio. I'm getting better. Uh, You will also notice that there are additional issues like cell phone interference every now and again on the microphone and a train or motorcycle in the background every now and again. Uh, My interview was done in a house that is designated as historical, so the insulation wasn't that great and didn't remember to leave my cell phone off. Uh, You'll also notice that there is a transition between one mic to another. Uh, That is because I forgot to hit record on my better microphone. So you'll also notice that the quality of audio gets better about five minutes in. Other than that, uh, this interview was with a friend of mine that I've known since high school. We've been friends for over 15 years. She is a nerd of the book variety, specifically historical novels, and she is also a reviewer of books in general at A Bookish Affair. So without further ado, let's get into my interview with Megan Wessel about historical novels. Welcome to the Nerd Society podcast. First things first, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Megan Wessel, and I am a blogger at abookishaffair.blogspot.com. <laughs> blogspot.com. All right. And all right, speaking of your blog, let's talk a little bit about that. And also, what is historical fiction? Because that's what I'm mostly here to talk about. So first things first, historical fiction is a genre of book where you either you have something based in history, either a person, or you have a historical event. You have an incredibly talented author who takes all of the facts surrounding that person or the historical event and weaves it into something that's more of a narrative. I think historical fiction, especially in light of some of the stuff that's going on in the world today, is a great entrance to learning about a new person or a new historical event that you've never thought about because history books are interesting to some of us, not all of us, but when you can have an author take something real and give you a little more insight into the inner workings of somebody like Queen Victoria or George Washington, all of these larger than life personalities, it's pretty cool. Uh, In terms of I guess following along on that, um, is there a range of how accurate to history certain authors are? Are some authors known for being extremely accurate and others are just sort of fanciful? And you, I, I think there's, within historical fiction, there's definitely subgenres. You have people who definitely stick to the facts. They might change a couple things here or there, but usually they'll own up to what they're changing in something like an author's note. Then you have other genres like historical romance, for instance, where basically the author 
wanted to set their story in a time where people wore beautiful gowns. So maybe they have a lot of focus on the historical details of the gowns, but they've made up basically everything else in the book. So it, it, it kind of runs the gamut. And depending on the author and what they're trying to tackle, how much information they were able to research on a particular person or a particular subject, you're going to get everything in between. All right. So how long have you been blogging about books? And is it all reviews or do you do other things on your blog? So... I started my blog in 2011, so it's it's been a while. I think my blog anniversary was last month, actually. Well, happy blog anniversary! Thanks. And I I typically do reviews, but I also do giveaways. I also really like to have authors on my blog to either be interviewed or to write a guest post where. They might take a subject from their book or talk about how they wrote their book and write something for my blog, which is pretty cool. That is cool. So you're you're not you're not uh, new to this whole interview thing, or are you different on that side of the table? So it's I'm usually not the one being interviewed, <laughs> and most of my interviews are through email. So this is a, a little bit of a new format for me. Because usually I get to sit back and ask the tough questions and watch other people squirm. And occasionally sip from a cup of tea. Exactly. (laughs) While I'm waiting for answers. Uh Really intelligent answers. (laughs) Um, So how do you get the books you review? I assume you buy some. Do you go to the library? Have them sent to you? All of the above. However I can get books makes me happy. I've been lucky enough to have gotten enough traction with my blogs to be able to get a lot of books sent to me, which is great. And I also try to restrain myself, but if I'm in a bookstore and there's books there, I'm probably going to come home with at least one or two because that's who I am. Um, When did you start getting books sent to you to be reviewed? It surprisingly only took me a couple months. And what started happening is I started having mostly authors at that point contact me, give me a book pitch, tell me what their, their book was about, and then offer to send me a copy in exchange for an honest review. And I, I think I got my first one two months after starting my blog. Oh, wow. So how did you get your exposure? How did people find your blog? Did you do stuff on, on other, like, book sites or...? So I have I have a Goodreads page, and I know that some authors have found me through there. There's also a lot of listings that you can get on as a book review blogger, either through a tour company, which essentially would be a company that sets up a virtual book tour. There will be a virtual stop on one blog. The next day, there will be a virtual stop on another blog where 
the bloggers either doing a review or an interview with the author or having the author on for a guest post. So that was a good way to get exposure. Facebook has been huge in getting to know authors and knowing other bloggers. So it's it's definitely a little bit of networking. Cool. So how many books do you read? Uh, should it be by week, by month, by hour? Um, You're currently not reading a book, so... I'm currently not reading a book. I'm, I'm trying really hard to pay attention. <laughs> and for, something's for, missing. For everyone listening, we are actually sitting in her library. She has a library in her house. And she arranges her books not alphabetically or by subject, but she arranges them by color. So you have a beautiful rainbow, and also I will mention that she needs larger bookshelves because there's not room for all of them. But first of all, why by color? Just it's pretty. And it's you aesthetically pleasing, and I'm a pretty visual person, so usually remembering what color the spine is isn't an issue for me. Um, I think if my book collection gets any larger, I might have to rethink how I arrange things. But for right now, it seems to be working pretty good. So how does that, that again, the going back, the question that I asked and then interrupted because I got distracted by the books. But, I mean, how, how many do you read? Is it a week? Could you estimate by week or by month? or Probably a it's pretty safe to say that I can get through about five a week. And that's books of varying length. It definitely depends on how into the book I am. That's huge for me. If if I feel like I'm really slogging through a book, it's going to take me a lot longer than it will if I really, really like the book. Do you speed read? Do you have a really good... Reading speed, because I don't know if I'd be able to get through five books in a week, even with my free time. I I definitely don't have speed reading training, mm-hmm. which I know that you can get. I think between just really, really enjoying reading and doing things like having to read a lot in college, having to read a lot in grad school, and then now working... It's a skill that if you practice, you can continue to get more efficient. So that that's helped. I always wonder if taking a speed reading class could help me anymore, but I haven't done that. I don't think anybody would think you need it if you're reading five <laughs> books a week. Do you only read books that you're reviewing or would like to review, or do you read books just... I'm assuming you have your own for fun reading. Usually, because all of the books that appear on my blog are not necessarily ones where I've received the book to review. They might just be books that I bought and liked. And, um, or they, they might be ones from the library. So usually what makes the cut for me as far as actually reviewing them on my blog is if they fit with the general 
I guess, persona that I've created for my blog, which is typically it's it's a mixture of fiction and nonfiction. The fiction does tend to mostly be historical fiction. The nonfiction mostly tends to be history. So if it's something that's like way off in another genre, I may not review it. And the other thing is that I put up book reviews about five times a week. So I I usually am reading too many to review. That makes sense. Do you have to read a book differently if you're planning on reviewing it? Or do you read a book and then go back? I mean, I don't, I don't know the reviewing process because I know every time I've tried to review a book that I really, really liked, I get... I I just forget things that happen in the book. So do you, I mean, is there a process? I I don't think that I read any differently. If I know that I need to review the book, I I love writing down quotes that I've loved out of books, regardless of whether I'm planning to review it or I know that I'm probably not going to review it. If the language is beautiful or it catches my eye or it makes me think, I have all of these little notepads where I'm writing stuff down. Books that I really, really like will be stuck full of post-its and paper clips and just stuff that I I know that I may want to go back to quickly. But I do that with all of, of my books and not just the ones that I'm going to review. How long does it generally take you to write a review? It depends if I'm typing it or I have found the uh, using some of the dictation software has gotten a lot better than it used to be. So if I'm dictating the review, usually it's it's an initial dictation, which won't take me that long at all, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Then I have to go back through and edit it. Uh, If I use dictation software, those reviews tend to be a little less structured. So they they need to, I need to go through and edit and put all of the pieces in a way that's going to be coherent to the people who are actually reading my review. When did you first become, I mean, when did you first sort of hang your hat on historical fiction? As far as the blog goes, I would say it was more a natural progression. I've always really liked historical fiction. Even even being a little kid, I was always more drawn to books like the Little House on the Prairie series or all of the American Girl books. So I've always just been absolutely fascinated with the past And when I started actually reviewing books on my blog, at first I just wanted to get stuff up. So it was whatever, whatever I was reading, that's what ended up on the blog. And I just have a tendency to read more historical fiction than anything else. Uh, Going back to the American Girls comment, who was your favorite American girl? Well, I had Kirsten, mm-hmm. and because I had all of her food and furniture and 
her little kitty cats and all of her outfits. That's who I was most drawn to. So I really liked her books. I was pretty mad that my mom wouldn't let me take her hair out of her braids, but she was still my favorite. I just, I wish she could have been wild and free with her hair. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite was Molly. I had Molly and I had all of that stuff. I always found World War II pretty fascinating mm-hmm. and, and I liked her books. I had all of her books and I actually was allowed to take her hair and yeah so living the dream (laughs) yes living the dream of of uh american girl hairstyling um so with that at what point did you realize that you wanted to get more involved in the greater community of historical novels so i really did not realize that there was a historical fiction community out there until I happened to go to an author meet and greet for three historical fiction authors that I kind of knew from social media, from Twitter and Facebook. They invited me to come and I was very nervous that, you know, these these superstar rock star authors like wanted to talk to me and were interested in what I was doing. And I went to the event and they said, you should join our historical novel society group. And I said, what is the historical novel society group? So what I found out is There's very few chapters, but if you happen to be in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, there's a pretty active historical novel society chapter here. And basically, it the group runs the gamut from people who are just interested in historical fiction like me to aspiring authors to people who are already well-established, have several books under their belt. And it's it's a group where we nerd out about historical fiction. If you ever want to know really creepy stuff about the past, you need to make a friend with a historical fiction author because even if that creepy stuff or interesting or strange stuff doesn't make it into their book, They're going to have oodles and oodles of stories for you about all of this obscure stuff that you've never thought about, which is pretty cool. That's fun. So is it mostly, I mean, do you, I assume there's online, but do you have uh, regular meetups or I know you mentioned a convention or? So, yes, to both of those. So we, for my chapter, which I was named queen a couple years ago, which basically means that I set up the meetings. We meet quarterly. I think, I think they gave me that, that name. So I felt better about trying to (laughs) wrangle all of the cats to, to show up to the meeting, but that's fine. I like being queen. It's really fun. And I get to call myself Queen Meg. I mean, I didn't know know it was in the presence of royalty. (sighs) Well, now you know. Pardon me, your highness. (laughs) So we meet quarterly and we meet all over the place. Because there's so few chapters, our chapter actually includes people from, I think, the 
furthest away we have is close to Philly, all the way down to, I think, Virginia Beach. Oh, wow. So there's a lot. Typically, the people who show up to the meeting are the people right around the D.C. area. So we have met at museums before. We've met at bookshops before. I think it's sounding like in May we may try and go to a book festival together. The chapter meetings run the gamut from people reading from their new work to talking about specific historical events to writing advice. So it, it the the meetings are a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to just like be among like-minded people who are into some of the same stuff that you're into. And then the International Historical Novel Society has conferences every year. They switch back and forth between North America and England. The England one has always been too far away and too expensive for me to travel to, but I've been to the past two North America conferences, and then the next one will be coming up in June, and it's in Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. So, West Coast. Yes. They, they try to switch up where we're in the country they meet. So last time it was Denver, the time before it was uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, wow. Do you, do you guys interface then with other uh, chapters? Yes. It's a lot of other chapters. There's also people who belong to the big historical novel society who may not have a local chapter. So there's some people that are unaffiliated, but if you belong to the international organization, you can come for a discount. If you don't belong to H&S, you can still come. I think the tickets are a little bit more expensive, but it's three days of workshops on everything from basic writing to there's a sword fighting workshop there's dancing workshops all of this historical dance stuff which is really awesome and there's a costume ball where you have people some people who actually make these incredibly intricate historical costumes from all different times which is always really cool to see. Oh man, that's that's really fantastic. Does it take a lot to become a member? Not at all. If if you want to become a member, there's yearly dues that you have to pay to the international organization. For individual chapters, it depends on the chapter. For instance, my chapter, Chesapeake Bay, doesn't have any sort of dues. So if you're interested and you come to the meetings, you're in. That's pretty cool. I, I would assume you expect some sort of interest in historical fiction, of course. You might be a little bit bored if you show up and you don't like historical fiction <laughs> because you're going to be surrounded by people who eat, drink, breathe, and dream this stuff. Are there little cliques um, of people who like certain 
eras or people like the people who like historical fiction about World War Two are different than the people who like historical fiction of like Elizabethan times or like geography. It seems to mostly be based on era. And some of that comes from the, I think, a lot of the times that people are writing in. So not every author is like that. Some authors write in all different eras. There's other people who they really like World War II historical fiction, and that is what they write in. And never will they diverge from writing and that small amount of time. Do you have a favorite era? That's hard to say. I really like the 1920s. I'm fascinated by a lot of the politics that were going on. You have some of the World War I influence. You have the really over-the-top, just fun flapper era, which is always entertaining to, to read about. And I think especially in the political time that we're living in now, there's a lot of echo, if you will, to the late 1920s. So it's become even more fascinating to me to read books set during that time, think about the politics then compared to the politics now. Do you find there are other politics nerds within the historical fiction community, or is that unique to you and and what you're into? Because that also crosses into real life. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people who are interested in the politics because a lot of times with history, you can't separate it from what was going on politically at the time. Uh, If you're talking about the roles of different people, like the roles of women in a certain time, a lot of the restrictions that they would have faced in past eras would have been due to politics and political pressure. So I I don't think that you can separate that. Uh, what's, What's the best thing that has come from being involved? Maybe not just in blogging or particularly historical fiction, but like getting involved in the wider community? I Again, I don't think enough can be said about just community itself. Mm-hmm. Again, being surrounded by people who have a lot of the same interest as you and are going to look at you strange because you went on you know, a wild goose chase through the internet looking at one particular tiny, tiny historical detail because (laughs) you're going to find that with, with other people who write and with other people who are interested in historical fiction. For me, just having been a lifelong reader, the amount of authors that I've been able to meet through a lot of the, the stuff that I've done with the book community has been tremendous. They're my rock stars. They're, I am really, really excited when I meet one of my favorite authors, and usually I'm so excited I can't even talk. So being able to, to know about those events going on and being able to interact with all of these people that I put on a, 
high mountain because they're just they write such awesome stuff. <laughs> what's the what's the the greatest uh, meeting of a of an author that you've had? Like your favorite experience? That's really hard because there's been several of them. A couple years ago, I got to meet Anthony Mara, who is just, he's a really fantastic author. He only has two books out now, I think, but his books are just, they're they're really fantastic. And I got to meet him at the Gaithersburg Book Festival, which I'm also involved in and do some volunteer and PR work for them. And... I got to meet him and I'm like, he's, he's, he's such a good writer. He's going to be a jerk because he's a good writer and he's just going to have a huge ego and he didn't and he took a selfie with me and like, I think maybe I just like handed my phone to him and like motion that (laughs) that's what I wanted, but he was good about it. I'm, I'm, I think maybe I only made noises, but yeah, it, it that that is those are my rock stars. I can understand that. I I can definitely understand that. There are definitely celebrities within certain nerd communities that I would have the same reaction. Yeah. I would definitely have the same reaction. So you would consider yourself a historical fiction nerd. Yeah, I think one of the things I I've liked in the past years is people who are really into stuff who may have had nerd used towards them disparagingly, we've taken that term back. And now nerd just means you are really into something, you're passionate, and there's nothing to be sorry about being passionate. That's one of my favorite things about this podcast, Mm -hmm. is just meeting people who are nerds about stuff that I didn't even know you could be a nerd about. I didn't realize that you could be a nerd about historical fiction mm-hmm. until I was thinking about all the people I know and I'm like Megan Wessel a total nerd about something that I didn't even think you could be a nerd about so that's been really fun and it's been really awesome talking to you um, what would you say to someone who is interested in either becoming a book reviewer or involved in the historical novel society So Historical Novel Society, if you want to see if there is a local chapter around you, go to historicalnovelsociety.org and you'll be able to look up all of the chapters. It can sometimes be hard to find the contact information for the group, but a lot of the groups have websites. We have a website. We also have a Facebook group. So just poke around and you should be able to find something for book reviewing. It is the easiest thing in the world. It's basically you write what you want about books. You can do reviews or sometimes I just like talking about covers that I like or authors that I'm going to read next. Anything. I think the the rules of book blogging are the same as blogging about anything. You want to be consistent. If you're going to plan on blogging every day, keep up that consistency. If you're only going to blog once a week, 
keep up that consistency. Maybe set a a specific day of the week where your readers know that something new is going to be coming. And don't be afraid to network. Uh, That's been a big lesson for me is if other people are into historical fiction or they're into books and you want to ask them questions, ask them questions because they're going to be excited to talk to you. I also, I didn't ask, but I feel like everybody would be curious, what do you do besides historical fiction? Is it even remotely related? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Uh, I work for an organization where I do strategic planning, where basically... I help people to be more efficient. So it it requires reading. Unfortunately, it's a lot of uh, the purely fact-based stuff and not, not anything fictional. Boring. <laughs> I, I wish I could figure out a, a way to turn the, the blog into something that would be... Uh, a, a little bit more of a living, but unfortunately, uh, my family isn't really supportive of me using the barter system because I definitely have books that I could barter, but apparently that's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> are there uh, are there any last things that you want to say? Actually, like maybe books that you've read recently that you want to recommend or authors that are like so solid that you're like, if you haven't read anything by this author, you need to go out now or your life will be empty and meaningless. There, there are so many and I'm, I'm almost afraid to start listing them because I know if I start listing them, I, I, I'm going to think later, darn it. I forgot this I one. forgot this person. I, I mean, must tell the people. That's a typical nerd response. <laughs> like, there's just... That's asking, like, what my favorite star is. Let's be yeah. serious here. So, okay. I mean... Yeah. No, anything that you read recently? Uh, yeah. There's, there's a really good book called A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Towles. I'm not really sure how you say the last name. It's T-O-W-L-E-S. And it's about this guy who basically gets stuck in a luxury hotel uh, as the Soviet Union is coming together. And he's he's a rich guy, which was not particularly favorable at that time with the the whole revolution and and everything so he has to stay in this hotel and he is used to living in the lap of luxury and he's very confused that you know now like the hotel isn't that nice (laughs) and the the people don't like him because of his opulence and it it was a really different look at the beginning of the Soviet Union, which was really cool. Very awesome. So now this is the part where you get to 
tell all the listeners uh, where to go to find more of your stuff and more historical fiction stuff. So take it away. Okay. So if you want to visit my blog, it's a bookish affair. And you can find the, if you Google a bookish affair, I come up first on Google. Oh, man. Yeah. First on Google. I know. It's it's pretty cool. I'm pretty much a big deal. You can also find me on Twitter at a bookish affair. Uh, I also have a Facebook page. If you're interested in the Historical Novel Society, that can be found at historicalnovelsociety.org. And I hope you'll visit and we can nerd out about historical fiction together. <laughs> Thank you very much <laughs> for taking the time to be interviewed by me. Um, and I wish you... Oh, wait, you didn't say you were doing... You're doing a panel. Oh, yes, yes. I'm doing a panel at the Historical Novel Society Conference in Portland. I'm going to be talking about a lot of the ins and outs of book blogging and how to get started with that. And the other people on my panel are other historical fiction bloggers. So I'm really excited to talk with them. That's so cool. So I just wanted that so that everybody knew that you were a bona fide certified nerd. Hey. Yep. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun, and I wish you all the best with your panel. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for episode two of Nerd Society for Freaks and Weirdos. The next episode will be released in two weeks, and I will continue with the release schedule of every two weeks. I'd like to mention that the intro and outro of the show is the song Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies, which I'm using under an attribution license. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at nerdsocietypodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at the Google number 443-543-NSFW. You can tweet at me at Freaks, the letter N, Weirdos. Or you can find me on Facebook at Nerd Society Podcast. Or you can find all of this information at nerdsocietypodcast.com. Also new is that I am up on Stitcher, TuneIn, and officially in the iTunes Store. When you're in the iTunes Store, please also take a minute to rate and review and subscribe. That's basically how I reach more people. Please be kind. I know that everything is new, uh, the quality is getting better, and I do promise that as this goes along, it will be getting more professional, I'll be getting better equipment, and I'll be way better at editing audio. I really appreciate everybody who listens, and I really do hope that you join me for episode three. Thanks again. See you next time.